Welcome to Vimy Air. This is episode three. My name is Sam Fix. I'm a teacher here at Vimy Ridge Academy. With me is EdTech Teacher of the Year, Travis Rollheiser, and the new online Teacher of the Year, Mr. Blair Faulkner. How's it going, boys? Great. Now, I, I also don't like how you're just making up accolades for people. After I heard Gord Stretch had a full Physics 20 class online, I don't know if I can take it's that impressive. title away from so him. So I have evidence to back that one up. I was on a Zoom chat with my family, and my cousin is in uh, one of your classes, and I asked him who's, who's doing a really good job as, as your teacher online, and, and your name came up. So, Oh, this is awesome. Well, well, you're just a man, Mr. What a I, start. What a positive start to the episode. Great. I'm going to throw a huge shout-out to Ben Fix. I hope you uh, listen past episode one and two and come on to episode three to listen, because uh, <laughs> shout-out to you, man. That's awesome. But that grade eight class that I have – um, they're a fun class. Like I had them almost all of them in grade seven for math. And then I've got them again this year and, uh, you can have a lot of fun with that class. There's some good characters. So, Hey, speaking of classes, we've talked a couple times about, uh, how much we miss the classroom and we miss interaction with the students. I've been walking around the halls this week and I was, I've been thinking, I really miss the hallway life. You know, where you run into students that you taught the last year or the year before, and you miss that, like, that interaction. There's a lot of that. that. Me. The, the students are awesome because you get some good, uh, so you get some good jokes back and forth. There's always students giving you an elbow or uh, making sure your head is up as you're walking down the hallways. And uh, there's yeah, always, absolutely. there's always something exciting going on. There's always some action. There's always something you can laugh at. There's always something maybe like, well, wish I didn't see that, which is kind of funny. Uh, there's always something going on. I miss the, uh, the staff lunches and hanging out yeah, with the yeah. staff room. You know, Full those staff rooms be, are nice. Yeah, we would race to the lunchroom to get our spot at the table. and Morning coffees with everybody. Morning coffees. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay, so we just talked about what we're missing. Now, what, what's something positive going on in the, in the Faulkner household? Uh, I think my interaction with my girls around their schoolwork, uh, it's a lot of fun. They, um, I get to see hands-on what they're doing uh, and help them out. And then our recess time is a lot of fun. We've been playing street hockey on the driveway a lot, which is awesome. My daughter's, uh, youngest daughter, Slapshot is getting fantastic actually. So, uh, what about you guys? We've been trying out a whole bunch of new, new recipes in the kitchen and I can't take credit for the vast majority of those, but that's been a positive. Um, and also maybe this is a little bit childish, but my parents kept my massive Rubbermaid bin of Lego from when I was a kid. Uh, so <laughs> I went over there to, uh, to give him a little quick drive by wave and still keep my distance, but picked up my, my old, uh, Rubbermaid bin of Lego and I've been building a couple things. So a little bit of a throwback, but it's fun. Mr. Fix, what's going on over there? You got lots happening. No. Yeah. I've been going for a daily run with my girls, which the, the running part is, is not positive because I, I can hardly survive, but I push them in the stroller and, and my daughter, Jane, she's three. Anytime we run by a patch of grass, regardless of how small and muddy it is, she says, daddy, there's grass, spring's coming. And just the, the life that she has to see the dirty, gross brown mud just brings me out of the, the survival mode that I'm in. And, and it, it brings a whole, bottle, a whole bunch of life to me. Uh, do you guys remember what the verdict from uh, Mr. Groundhog was? It was an early spring. Really? Okay, that, that, yeah, that, five that, of the six in Canada, early spring. Positivity. Wow. Yeah, yeah they were yes, so wrong. Spring is coming. <laughs> How about all those kids that like dyed their hair for playoffs and then minor hockey shut down? Yeah, that's And the hairdressers closed. But hey, speaking all... of which, Mr. Rollheiser, what's your plan for grooming here 
Are you going to grow out the salad or? Uh, well, I haven't grown it out since maybe grade eight or nine and it's not pretty because it, it's, it's very thick and it just, the best analogy I can use is that when you put bread in the oven, like it just, yeah. how it expands, that's my head. It's just a loaf of bread. It just poof. It's like not, a chia it's, pet. Yeah, it's not, it's, chia pet too. it's not yeah. good. It's, <laughs> it's not pretty. So someone around the house is going to have to give me a little trim sometime because it's, it's, it just gets too big. Okay. Should we send it over to our guest here? We got Mr. Quinlan himself. He'll have some good stories. Okay, our next guest here was born and raised in Sherwood Park. He had 234 points in 135 games over nine seasons in the NLL. He had two all-star appearances. He had one championship while playing for the Toronto Rock. He had three NHL, sorry, NLL championships while coaching for the Rush. His jersey is retired beside the likes of Wayne Gretzky. He now teaches math and lacrosse at Vimy Ridge, but more importantly, he is a father of three beautiful girls and a husband of a beautiful wife, and he's a friend of ours. Welcome to the show, Jimmy Quinlan. Thank you. That's quite the so intro. Oh, great to have you. That was a good intro. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Sam's been the, practicing. I blew it on the NLL. It's a well, tough I, league I, to announce. Yeah, I wish it would have been the NHL. I'd have a better paycheck. So, Jimmy, when I Googled your name, I, I came across a funny story about the 2010 Western semifinal. Can you tell that one? Oh, the 2010 Western semifinal. Um, you guys were playing against Calgary. It was your first playoff appearance. Oh, 2000. And I think you're talking 2012. Yeah. Cause our first one was 2000 and maybe it was, was it 10 or 12? Well, what year was Gracie born? Yeah, 12. The, 12. I always get confused. It's been a while. Maybe I took too many hits to the head. No, the 2012 season was, uh, we actually somehow finagled our way into the last playoff spot and we had a game on May 5th down in Calgary on, on the Friday night I was down and went to practice um my wife was due like any minute and I, I just told Shelby that I would go down the road um down highway two, practice and if she needed something I'd come back and I never thought it would happen I, I had a terrible practice that night um went out for dinner and I came back and for some reason I couldn't sleep um probably had a premonition or something but at about 11:30, my phone rang saying that my wife's water had broke so Shelby was sitting there so I said well I'll get in the car. So I got in the car and I drove the three hours. I actually don't know how long it took me. It took me the time it takes to listen to the Dave Matthews band crash into me album as well as <laughs> Those were the two songs I listened to flying down highway two. Um, I made it home, uh, probably about three o'clock. And then we went to the hospital at six. Gracie was born at about 10. Um, I hung out with her until one and then I got back in the car and I drove down the road. One more time down Highway 2 to uh, actually caught, caught a ride. And then we ended up winning that game on May 5th. It was my first playoff victory with the, with the rush. We ended up making it to the finals that year and lost. Um, yeah, so in terms of memories, it's one of the ones that is forever etched in my mind because it was such a chaotic event. I, I remember that game, the coach asking me, like, are you going to be okay to play? And I said, yeah, I can play. And I went out on the very first play of the game, very first shift. I, I stole a ball and had a breakaway. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be the story. And I ended up missing and then slashing the goal in the head. And I went to the penalty box and within about three seconds, they scored to make it one nothing. And I said, no, this isn't how it's going to go, is it? But we somehow pulled it together and we ended up smoking them 1911. So, um, that, that game there holds uh, a lot of a lot of good memories for me that day. 
We got a question from, um, I think one of our students on Instagram, they said not to say their name. So I don't know if you actually teach this, this student or not, but, um, the question was just because the NLL is maybe a, a lesser known of the professional leagues. What does a typical day in the life of an NLL player look like? Cause I think most of you probably have other jobs other than just playing lacrosse like yourself. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting cause it's, it's changing, but I think for most people today in the NLL, um, I can tell you what my days would look like. I, I was fortunate to be able to play in Edmonton and work as a teacher in Edmonton in all those years. But uh, in my later years, when we were going to, we were playing in Saskatoon, um, how it would basically work is I would work as long as I could. So if it was up to lunch hour or till the end of the day, I would, you know, do my job. And that's what most people do is they work their nine to five Monday to Friday job. And then on Thursday or Friday, depending when the game is, they, pack up and head straight to the airport. And from the airport, they take their flight to whichever city you're going to. And, um, you know, if we play on a Saturday or you play on a Saturday, it's you arrive sometime Friday and then Friday night you've got practice. And then you, you go for a dinner afterwards and then you wake up the next morning, you have shoot around and your team video, and then you go take a nap. And then you're out of the, out of the rack, back to the rink, you play your game and, uh, usually celebrate if you win, uh, mope if you lose, and then you're out of there for the first flight in the morning. So um, I typically, when I was in Saskatoon, would basically take a four o'clock flight to Saskatchewan, practice at eight, be up at 8 a.m. for a shoot around, and then I was gone Sunday mornings at about, uh, I was heading to the airport at about 5 a.m. I was fortunate, I was really fortunate that we were good the last, I would, I would say, the last half dozen years when I was with the Rush, it made it a lot easier. Those early years when we were abysmal, they sucked. We started 0-7. We won. Calgary scored on themselves with a two seconds left to give us our only victory. And then we finished the season with the eight straight losses. So that was a long, long year. The DJ kept playing through the, through the game, though. That was the most memorable thing to me. What was it like as a player? Oh, it's just, I think you know as a player and as a fan because I'm actually now that I don't play as much or I don't coach um the entertainment that is in the arena is unbelievable because like you said the music's always going there's you know there, there's no one getting mad at you if you're up and about and having fun um so it's a, it's kind of almost like a rock concert meets a sporting event and so it doesn't really matter sometimes how bad the product is on the floor there's always something good going on in the crowd that's what I always found about lacrosse games. And I went to a few when, when they were in town and it seemed like he was like the most bang for your buck in terms of entertainment value. And, and with that, with that entertainment, what, uh, like when you guys went to Saskatoon and started making a few good playoff runs there, did they not dub it as Sask Vegas? Like how oh, was yeah. the atmosphere in Saskatoon? I, I had some friends that live in Saskatoon and, and became season ticket holders and, and watched some games there. And they, they just loved it. They absolutely love it. Well, I mean, you put it this way, the game, the game wouldn't start till 7.30 and we'd have our first kind of informal warm-up at 6 o'clock and there'd be thousands upon thousands of fans with both hands full of adult beverages getting ready for, a, for an evening of fun. So when they say Sask Bay, and, and then the players and the coaches, we'd go places and we would be recognized. And, um, you know, for the most part, we were, we were very well embraced in the city. And so... Yeah, it was it was definitely a fun place to play. And the the last few years we were there when we were winning, we went, you know, they were kind of spoiled. We ended up winning three out of four championships the first four years there. And it was it was the hottest ticket in town. You 
you know, their games were sold out. The places was just electric. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. And it kind of reminded me of the, the early years of the rush. The only difference was, was we had a good team. Whereas when we were in Edmonton, we didn't really have one. So um, it was easy, I think, for the fans to get behind us. Jimmy, we'll switch to the classroom here. What, what has your life or how has your life changed with this pandemic? And, and you're coming from your basement, which I assume is also your classroom. Yeah, if you look over my, uh, I think it's my right shoulder, you'll see some plaster on the wall that I'll get to eventually here. Um, <laughs> I, I, obviously, if we're radio, you can't, you can't do it justice, but that's what happens when you're trying to build bikes in the basement and it falls into the wall. Um, my, my, my teaching really, I, I think the, the hardest part for me um, is not seeing the kids, um, not being able to interact with them one-on-one. So I thoroughly enjoy my, my meetings, my Mondays with my math nines and my Wednesdays with my math twenties and my Thursdays with lacrosse students. And then, um, it, it's funny to say, uh, I always look forward to when I get an email from a student or, uh, a Google meet from a student saying, Hey, can you give me some help? Um, and so I think that's the piece that I miss the most where, where it's really changed is it's, um, kind of tough to, to gauge how students are doing. I, I think we're fortunate that there is enough technology out there where you can touch base with students. But again, it's kind of, you're, you're putting a lot more trust into the, to the student doing their work and understanding the concepts and then reaching out for if they, they have difficulty. So um, it's changed immensely. It's, I get better lunches. I, I think that, <laughs> that that's a positive. Um, and I don't have a, have a tough commute. I miss riding my bikes in the morning, my riding my bike in the morning. Um, but I can get out and do that kind of later on in the day. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of still, I think early in the, the online teaching process. So I don't, I don't know if I really, if everything's really sunken in, I think I'm just trying to get by one day at a time and, and trial by error and learn as I go. So it's definitely a, a huge change. Um, and I hope it's not that long. Hey, since you've been teaching at home and you kind of prefaced it when we first got on, I'm not sure if we were recording or not, but you said, uh, you had your one daughter run through the background, uh, making a trip to the washroom. Have you done any live classes where, uh, any, uh, mishaps in the background or has there been any, uh, anything, anything funny that the students laughed at as you were going through your class yet? No, I think, uh, my daughters just like to come by and say hi. So they, I don't know if they fully understand everything. So um, the oldest one, Gracie loves to just to pop her head and say, Hey, are you talking to the kids? And if I'm talking to kids, she'll hang around. But if it's adults, she's like, I'm out of here. Um, she can tell the difference. But for the most part, I'm using the, I'm using the Google meets just to kind of to give the students what they're doing for the week. And then again, we, we post everything up on school zone in the Google classroom. And we were using a couple interactive math websites um, to help those students in math. But I really just enjoy asking the students, you know, what they're doing. Um, you know, how are they doing? How are they getting by? Cause I think what I'm learning through all this is, is we need each other. We got to rely on each other and, um, we've got to be willing to seek out help when needed. Um, Blair kind of asked you a, a, a question that'll provide a good segue in, into, uh, one of our more commonly asked questions, but Blair asked about mishaps and things that are, that are going on in your home while you're on cam, but have the, what's, I guess the biggest memory or what's been the biggest mishap in the classroom with you and your students or what's been the uh, super awkward moment or the most embarrassing moment for you in a class in front of students? Do you have one? Oh, well, I'm 
Probably. I, I'm having a hard time getting one to come to head. I, I, I think um, probably one of the ones that's most in the foreground of my, uh, my head right now is probably this, my daughter here who's around the corner when she was born. Um, it was one of those things where I, it was a little Sadie. I, I said to my wife, she phoned me and said, oh, I think something's going on. I said, oh, no, I'll come home. And she said, no, don't worry about it. And I literally, it was almost as if I told the kids, uh, I'm going to the bathroom. And I never came back because an hour, an hour later, Sadie was basically coming out a water slide and she was born. So that's, that's, that's a pretty good one. When you tell them you're just going to the office and you never come back because you have a child, I, I think that's... Um, Actually, I, I remember that, Jimmy, because I was the one who got called into your classroom and yeah. I went in and covered for you. And the kids, I remember the students just going, what, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember that day, like running, running through the parking lot. And then I got home and my wife was obviously in a great deal of pain. And my one, my other, my only daughter at the time, Grace, was like laughing, she's in there. And so. Yeah, that's probably the moment that sticks out the most for me was when I basically told the students that I would be back and I never came back because my second daughter was being born. Now that you can't ride your bike to school in the morning or do do those kind of things, how else are, are uh, you and your family staying active or what else are you guys doing at home to keep busy? Well, we like to get out for our daily, what I call adventure walk. I got yelled at yesterday um, by my daughter saying we do it too much. So Gracie was telling me that she's tired of going outside. And I'm saying I'm tired of being inside. Um, so, yeah, we, we go for a lot of walks. We're fortunate where we live uh, right close to the river in, in uh, kind of the Capilano Gold Bar area. So um, we're doing that. Believe it or not, I, I like to run stairs in my house. We only got one flight, but I can go up and down them a good 100 times in a day. Uh, I have a pull-up bar that sometimes the girls will join me with. Uh, my wife's a big fan of yoga, so there's some stretching that goes on. And then... Uh, I, I love to get out and cross country ski or uh, ride my bike through the river valley. So I, I, I haven't had any problem staying active um, physically. It's sometimes the, the mental aspect that kind of gets to me. Are we going to see more uh, Jimmy Quinlan movie productions with this, uh, with this lockdown? I saw there, there was one little movie. Is there, uh, are you dabbling into this now? Is this hang, a new? Hang on here first. I, is there a story behind this? Cause I don't know that he was, that he did videos or did anything. Well, I have an Instagram uh, account. I think it's Quinlan 81. Um, for anyone who wants to follow, I'm desperately seeking. Nice little plug for yourself there. Yes. <laughs> <Slip Yeah. up. laughs> I, I would tell you how to do all that stuff, but I'm just learning how to figure out the old social media. I've been on instagram for probably five years and i think i just passed my like 100th post or something like that so wow. uh, i don't i don't post that regularly but yes i did make a video of my daughters and uh i and wife and family um doing some of our activities around so i'm trying to get better at it uh so i blair the, the next one is in the works oh and i can't wait in the digging i did on the internet i came across this uh pretty funny fact that jimmy quinlan even though he's good at everything, is a bad dancer. Oh, yeah. Is that really bad not. information? or No, it's accurate, but it doesn't mean I don't dance. I love to dance. We have, <laughs> we have dance parties at the Quinlan household, and it's probably safe to say that everyone surpassed me in their dancing ability, but uh, I dance like no one's watching, and I'm the best dancer, so I quite enjoy uh, quite enjoy dancing. So. Okay, well, thanks again to our, our guest today, Mr. Jimmy Quinlan. Um, I know Jimmy is one of the uh, 
the favorites that walk the hallways here at uh, here at Vimy, and it's nice to hear his voice and hear what he's been up to uh, this last little bit, how he's been staying with family, getting outside, and uh, I think we're all going to be staying tuned for his next video production, that's for sure. Give him a follow Absolutely. on Instagram. Yeah, you're going to get 14 new followers after listening to this. <laughs> well, I think we'll push me over 230, so we'll be good. Thanks again to Jimmy Quinlan. It's always nice to hear his voice. We, uh, speaking of missing voices around the school, you, uh, you always hear Jimmy, no matter where he is, even if you're in the, uh, the same room or not the same room as Jimmy. So um, thanks again, Mr. Quinlan, for all your stories. I know uh, when we have more time, I think we got to dive into some of these birth stories because I think Mr. Fix might have an interesting one that we have uh, maybe not enough time for right now, Mr. Fix. Yeah, I got, a good, I got a good one for sure, but it's, it's probably more than more than the time we have here. So we'll put that into the bank uh, for for maybe one of our uh, next little banter sessions. But uh, how are you guys doing with the hand sanitizer? Is it drawing? Is it drying out your hands? My uh, knuckles I, are my, my knuckles, knuckles are, are bad. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I've, I feel like I've gone through equal parts moisturizer, equal parts hand sanitizer. It's 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 been rough. It I has just been embraced rough. the dryness. My hands yeah. are bleeding daily, yeah. and I'm I. I've just given up. Yeah. And so with, you know, talking about germs and hand sanitizer, I think we'll, uh, should we go right back into our next guest? Ms. Let's uh, do it. Pilar yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Our next guest on Vimier is a current grade 12 Vimy elite student. She's recognized as being one of the top female swimmers in not only Alberta, but in Canada. She has committed to Arizona State University next fall to continue pursuing her athletic and academic career with the hopes of one day becoming a doctor. She claims to never lose at Monopoly and Rock, Paper, Scissors, which we're going to find out here shortly. Uh, and she hopes to one day get bitten by a shark, which is a little bit of a weird wish. Uh, and hopefully we can talk about that coming up. But uh, please welcome Pilar McCann to the Vimeo podcast. Hey, Pilar. I, uh, I never had the, uh, uh, the joy or the honor, I guess, of having you in one of my classes like uh, these other two gentlemen. They've, uh, they've told a few stories, but... Uh, oh. Again, Mr. Olheiser, uh, would you would you describe it as a joy or an honor to teach Pilar McCann? One hundred percent. She's the only person to ever, or only student to ever bake me a pie. <laughs> oh, see, so that's I a did not receive any pies. That's what I have. I have not received any pies. I have received some food from other students, but uh, a, a pie would be wonderful. So again, nice yeah. to meet you, Pilar. Thanks for yeah, coming you on. Too. Um, first off, I just want to touch on why do you want to get bitten by a shark? Okay, so. I really like sharks. Like I think they're super cool animals and like the king of the sea and whatever, but I feel like like a little nibble would be like cool. Like I think that would be a good story, you know, like, Oh, like tell me something cool about you. Yeah. I got like nibbled by a shark. Like I got bit by a shark or and I think it would leave like a cool spot, <laughs> like a little like on the arm or something like not okay. like nothing major like bit off or anything, but yeah, I want to, I want to hear what you're doing next year. So we heard in the intro that you're going to ASU. What's like? What's the plan? What have you? Did you go on a recruiting trip? Like, tell us about that process of. of yeah, so that, that was probably one of the most stressful processes of my entire life. Like, that was so much work. I had to figure out like what schools I wanted to go to, where I wanted to visit. I'd be getting contact with the coaches. I had to figure out and like get acquitted to like all the like, NCAA rules, and there's like a hundred of them. And yeah, so I visited five universities, and Arizona State was just I love it so much, and I committed when I was on my trip which was awesome. But yeah, so I went down there and like I met the coaches and the swimmers and they had about six other kids down there on the trip and we saw the campus and we saw the pool and we met the group and all the 
support staff that is um, with like the swim team and stuff. And like I talked with, so Bob Bowman is the head coach at Arizona State. He was Michael Phelps' coach throughout his like entire career. Uh, so that's the head cool. of the swim program there, which is pretty awesome, I think. I got my offer, and then I said, "All right, I, I like, I'd like to swim here. Like, I'd like to go here. Like, I'd love to come here right now." And they said, "Sounds good." Shook Bob Bowman's hand, and that was it. <laughs> well, fittingly enough, I decided to wear this today. Oh, that's so nice. Thank yeah. you. So, Mr. Rollheiser just showed that he was wearing an ASU uh, shirt. You have two brothers that are in university too, right now, right? I have one older brother who plays lacrosse in North Carolina. And he's back. Is that Liam? Now. Yeah, Liam okay. plays on there. And then he called Colin... me Mr. Fish for like four years. Mr. Ago. Fish? <laughs> yeah. That's a, I like that. That could stick. <laughs> Maybe it yeah. stick. We might have to call him Mr. Fish. I think I taught I Liam. just ignored him for the whole four years. He didn't call me Mr. Fish. Yeah, and then my other brother, he used to swim and he goes to the University of Calgary. Um, Pilar, as we're, uh, you know, as we're all kind of secluded to our different spots and this pandemic is, is running around the world and, and the germs are, are out there. I've heard you've had, uh, you have a little uh, phobia with germs or you have uh, something going on with germs. My wife is the same way. She is, um, she is, uh, she cleans herself with, uh, I think, hand sanitizer uh, more than once a day for sure. But uh, what are your thoughts on all what's going on in the world and in your likeness of hand sanitizer i mean obviously what's going on in the world is a bummer like it sucks like it's not good we don't like it but um yeah i hate germs i think they're disgusting like when people sneeze and don't cover their coughs like i i it's just so gross <laughs> and when i travel i have like hand sanitizer i got two packs of wet wipes i get on the plane wipe down the seat wipe down the, the tv wipe down our arm seats like wipe down the seatbelt i just think i don't know i think they're so gross i wash my hands maybe 150 times a day. Like I, I just think they're so gross. And I have the immune system of like a tiny little peanut. So I get sick really easily. So I try to like not get in contact with anything. Like if someone's sick in my class, I will go to the other side of the room. Like if you don't cover your cough, I will like yell and say, cover your cough. Cause it's just, it's just. So that's why you didn't show up to social for a couple weeks there. Uh, <laughs> well, I was in class. <laughs> just kidding. So. Just kidding. Just kidding. So because we're talking about the pandemic, uh, and this podcast is all about positivity. I'm just wondering, despite what's going on, what what has changed in your life that is is kind of nice, kind of a, a positive change? Well, I don't have to wake up at 4.30 uh, for practice in the morning anymore, which is nice because I can't swim because all the pools are closed. So that's a positive, I think. You said your maybe ultimate goal is to become a, a doctor, more specifically a surgeon. Uh, why that route if you absolutely hate germs and hate dirty <laughs> situations and, and all that? So yeah, why, why a doctor and why a surgeon? Well, I think germs are gross. I think everyone doesn't like germs, but I think blood is cool. Like, I think I like that okay. kind of gory stuff. And I don't know, like I like helping people and I think that doing it in a way that's going to kind of like benefit like the whole world or whatever is a good thing to do. But um, I don't like germs, but I find blood, guts, like, stuff surgery cutting cutting things open with those scalpels interesting like when i was younger my dad got stitches or something i'd always take them out myself we would never go back to the hospital just like little things like that um okay moving into vimy just for a second here uh do you have one maybe high school moment or one moment moment at vimy that uh will stand out to you as you move on to the rest of your life you can't okay, say so being on vimy air yeah this doesn't count <laughs> no okay well 
Mr. Fix, I don't know if you remember Mr. Cope. I'm going to stop you right there. Mr. Cope was my, I think, grade seven or eight math teacher at Parkview. Really? I live in Parkview. No, oh, there we go. And I taught yeah. with Mr. Cope when uh, when I first came to Vimy too. Yeah, he was there. I remember him. Yeah, so he okay. was my Sorry. grade my grade eight or grade nine math teacher. Anyways, this guy hated Gatorade bottles. The little squirty ones, he despised them. And I was kind of in that phase where like everyone had their Gatorade bottle, like you were cool, whatever. Um, so I brought mine to class every day because I'm obsessed with water. I go for four liters a day, but I had it at, like every single class and he hated it. So he made me put it on the floor and I would, wouldn't be able to touch it the entire class. And one day, I think one of the kids in his class was causing some problems, but he was walking up the aisle and he kicked the Gatorade bottle like clear across the room and he was just livid. So he picked up the Gatorade bottle and he like Kobe'd it across the room into the garbage can. Like he, like the, like he cleared the room Nailed right into the garbage it. Such can. an athlete. <laughs> and I like, <laughs> I almost peed my pants. I was so scared. I thought he was going to kill me. Like, I mean, it wasn't really my fault, but I like that. I have, I've never forgotten that moment. Like I've never, ever had a teacher do that before. That's awesome. That's awesome. It'd be interesting to hear if he remembers uh, draining that Gatorade bottle. What are, what are you doing right now for swimming? Obviously the pools are closed. What, like what, how are you staying in shape? Yeah. So I run every morning about 10 K because like I'm missing so much swimming. Cause I would practice twice a day and I'd get like 14 kilometers done like pool wise. And I'm doing like a lot of like bland stuff. Like I have to do abs and circuits and I have like bands I have to use and stuff. Yeah. I've been running a lot. I'm definitely having to watch what I eat. But, um, yeah, I'm just running a lot. You got to do what you got to do. 14, um, 14 kilometers in the pool. Uh, Mr. Rollheiser, Mr. Fix, I think we were trying to do a little bit of swimming when Bonnie Doom Pool just opened up recently. Like 1,400 meters. Yeah, I was going to say, we, uh, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we got in there and got up to 1K one time, and then I didn't yeah. think I was going to make it back for fifth block. No. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you, Pilar. Okay, moving in from one of your skills in swimming to another one of these well, skills that you claim to have are uh, being nearly undefeated in rock, paper, scissors. You, before you, we even get, give you a chance to say anything, you're going to take on Mr. Fix, Mr. Faulkner, and right. myself in rock, paper, scissors. I'm ready. C- count it out. We have viewers. Well, you count us in. You're okay, 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 okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. There's a, there's a lag. I, I blew it. So I won? Uh, sure. I guess by default. Okay, Mr. Faulkner. <laughs> we'll edit out. that one out of this. You guys count it yourselves. I'm not going to hey, get me involved. Are you ready? Okay, ready? Yeah, you can get rock. Okay. Rock, papers, scissors, shoot. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You lose. First, first one, you lose. So nobody can see it, but I'm doing scissors and Pilar did yes. paper. So scissors <laughs> okay. beats paper. I win. Okay, right. this one's big. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, oh holy. She is good. What a loser I am. Okay, so I am, uh, I am, I'm pretty good then. I beat the world champ. Here's one thing, and I think we can tie this into uh, Sam's, or sorry, Mr. Fix's rapid fire questions. Um, you also claim to have a pretty awesome Aussie accent. My challenge to you is every answer to Mr. Fix's rapid fire questions, you have to answer in your Aussie accent. I like okay. it. Okay. This is okay. going to be great. Mr. Fix, go ahead. Are you ready? I'm ready. Scale of one to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets? Oh, like I'm an absolute 10, like not a, not a dad about it. That wasn't bad. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is? Wonderful. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? 
10 minutes. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Grumpy. What was the last illegal thing you did? Just kidding. Do you like the smell of gasoline? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Squid. Would you rather be friends with Rihanna or Beyonce? Rihanna. Will you send me an ASU sweater next year? Yes, I've on already a scale, On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at driving? Three, maybe, on a good day. <laughs> okay, good. That's the end of it. Thanks okay, for- building on that last question, great accent, by the way. Uh, you said you're a three out of 10 driver. Uh, I've, we've also heard some things around the school from students that maybe not the best. Uh, what happened last week? Well, um, last I week sneeze, I sneeze a lot when I drive and I have like <laughs> massive sneezes. So I was backing up in a parking lot and I had a little, like a little achoo and I may or may not have backed into a pole. <laughs> it was like, oh, it was a light tap. It wasn't like Your foot was on the gas when you sneezed. But it was like a little, it was a little, it was a little tap, I will say. All right. Good. I didn't hear the answer to, will you send me a sweater? Cause I was already reading the next question. What was the answer? I said I would, I, I already agreed to that. Remember? I'm up to a size extra large. Just so. Sam's just next. So I'll, I'll take All a right. large. Okay. Well, if you're sending, you might as well just. Let's go just three large. largest. Let's go three largest. Oh. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll just shed a couple LBs. On okay. the <laughs> All right. And, uh, Pilar, as I mentioned before, I've never, uh, taught you in, uh, at Vimy or in one of my classes, but uh, I know you've been in uh, class with both of these other gentlemen. What would be your first impression of Mr. Rollheiser and Mr. Fix when you first had them as a teacher? So I think I had Mr. Fix in like grade eight. I think he was my science yeah. teacher. I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember that science class other than I got yelled at a lot because I talked a lot. So I thought Mr. Fix you was yelled a little... at her. You're saying yeah, I yelled. I thought... Yeah. I can't picture him being a yeller. I wouldn't say like yell, but he definitely like raised his voice a bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that class either. So we'll call it even. A, a young and experienced Mr. Fix. <laughs> I thought he was cool though. He connected with his students really well. Segway into um, Mr. Rollheiser. That's, that's a good I, one. <laughs> so this is my first like semester with you in the class. And I walked in and I felt bad because I was had to switch classes late. But you, I thought you were like scary a little bit. Perfect. Not like, like bad scary, just kind of like. Ugh, you know, like you were like, 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 yes. like intimidating. Scary, scary, like, He's so intense. big and strong That's and not intimidating. True. I was a little intimidated, I will say. I don't know. You okay, just seem well, like very on the ball. All right, because you guys can't see Mr. Eliezer. He <laughs> yeah. is just defeated. I'm so Lord. devastated right now. Okay, and then I'll do a follow up to this then. Uh, as you leave, Vimy, what are your, uh, your, what will be your lasting impressions of Mr. Fix and Mr. Rollheiser B? I think they're both definitely not scary. They're great. They're wonderful. Great teachers. Thanks again for joining us, Pilar. It was a pleasure. I uh, hope we're staying safe. Say hi to the fam. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Pilar. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again to Pilar McCann for joining us. We had a lot of fun with that interview, hey? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Blair, I know that you brought up the point in the interview, uh, it might have been Sam, whoever it was, uh, about her swimming 14 kilometers and us only being able to swim 1,400 meters. So 1.4 kilometers before we were absolutely begged. I'm pretty I sure have, I lied about what 1,400 meters. I don't know I if I've ever swam that We never made it that <laughs> far. We didn't make it that far. Yeah, 1.4 kilometers is a stretch. And <laughs> it was I know- tough. 
we were all pretty jacked when uh, when Bonnie Doom Pool opened up again, and we thought, oh, <laughs> let's get in there, let's do swims. We'll get in there before school. We'll we'll go for a swim, and then uh, and then hit the hot tub, and, and we'll be ready. And I remember that first day after swimming with you guys, and I think I barely made one kilometer, oh. and my body had never been so hot <laughs> for the rest of the day. I was just rocking it because I worked so hard and it's one of the most difficult things I did just swimming that maybe one kilometer I used to I used to pride myself on like my aquatic abilities I swear in some kind of previous life if those things ever existed I was like some kind of otter or porpoise or something and as soon as that pool opened and I got in the water wow was I a brick it was so hard yeah like well and the thing is, though, once you get in and you do that first length and you're like, yes, I'm pretty good. And you do the second length and you're like, yeah, I'm all right. And then, it nope, it all falls apart. Like, I was just gasping on every stroke <laughs> and swallowing water. And then these ladies the are just cruising by me and this old man is just going past me like a motorboat <laughs> and I'm probably splashing and shooting waves and then my goggles are coming off and it's... Oh, yeah, you had a rough go with the goggles for a while there. Oh, yeah. Well, then Mr. Fix, he went the first one without goggles. Remember, just head <laughs> oh, above yeah. the water. And a paddleboard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was just as fast as everybody. Oh, eh, that's how you tell the story. Just as slow as everybody. Yeah. Uh, one of the new things that we've done with this episode, and it, it, it started in episode two with Mr. Stretch kind of creating his own, um, his own music for us before and after his interview. Uh, for this episode, we have a grade 12 student, Vimy Shelby Dalton. She actually created all the music for this episode. Uh, so we'd like to give her a huge thank you. She's going to be hopefully working with us a little bit more, you know, to produce more of that. And we'd like to give a give maybe an open invitation to other students at Vimy. If you are musically inclined or if you have a talent in uh, playing a bunch of instruments or things like that, and you think that you could create something for us, shoot us a message on Instagram and uh, hopefully we can we can work with you in the future because I think that'd be a great way to promote some of, some of our students. Hey, Mr. Faulkner, you've been working on your, your exit, exit sign-off here. Let's hear it. Well, we have, and I think that's kind of a running thing for us. So, uh, Vimeer, bye. Jimmy Quinlan and Pilar McCann for the interviews. Music provided by Shelby Dalton. You can find more of her work by searching Scobrad on Spotify. This entire podcast has been a Vimy Ridge Academy production.